Today we're going to be talking about three of my biggest life lessons, and I and again, I want to direct it. This is life lessons, not business lessons. Like we do everything, we always have to, and you should do this with your content, start with a goal. So my goal for this is I want to reflect and offer a few insights on how we can improve our lives beyond our business. It is great to be super focused on your business, and if it is your creative little baby, then yes, like nurture it, take care of it, but it can't be your all-consuming life. You have, There have to be other things. The first life lesson is over-communication, Not, and I wasn't sure if this is an, a non-hyphenated word, um, but I'm going with this one, over-communication. Now, this lesson came from my producer back in Baton Rouge, so this was my first job out of college, basically, um, or I guess my first full-time job. When I first got out of college, I was doing, I was freelancing, I was shooting weddings, I was uh, running my own little Valley Films company, and then I decided, you know, it's time to go get a full-time job for, and uh, check it out, see what it's like, uh, get some real experience in kind of these bigger sets, bigger budgets, um, and, I, and I worked down in Baton Rouge at, at a video production house. It was Hollywood South. This was the, you know, the peak of Hollywood South where, where New Orleans and Baton Rouge were making more films than L.A. at the time. And uh, I wanted a piece of that. I wanted to get, get in on the action. Um, but my producer, uh, his name is also Jordan as well. And we're great friends still to this day. And his one thing that he said to me when I was uh, a wee little production assistant, little camera assistant, video editor assistant, um, he told me that he told me about over communicate everything. And I've taken this lesson and adapted it a little bit further beyond what I think his original intention was. He was saying over-communicate in the, contents, in the context that when you're on set and you're going to do something, I need you to over-communicate things. I need you to feel like you're sharing too much or giving or telling people what your intentions or what you're going to do too much. Because uh, in the, f- the first rule of being on a film set is about safety because there's a lot of expensive equipment, there's a lot of large, you know, large equipment, heavy equipment, dangerous equipment, electrical equipment, like things, there are a lot of things that can go wrong, trips, slips, falls, injuries, and we want to, you know, if you're going to move something um, that either is a safety issue, that is a creative issue, or it's a combination of the both. So, you know, you're going to move a light, you want to tell people you're moving a light, or if you you and a person are going to move a, say, like a a silk or a frame and and move it into place, and and it's going to be overhead, you know, talent, you need to talk to people, hey, moving here, let's go. Um, And then as I got more and more involved at the production company there, you know, we were using walkie-talkies, and the bigger sets, you have to use walkie-talkies, so you're always telling people what you're going to do. And, you know, he was talking about over-communicate, even like things like going to the bathroom, like I say to this day, I say 10-1, and if you don't know that, that's just like, that's code word, 10-1, just, I gotta go pee, I gotta go do number one in the bathroom, and that's like, so that way, and it, and it was weird to me when he first told me that, like, I have to tell you that I'm going to the bathroom, but what it requires, or the, the intention behind it, when you're sharing that kind of information, oversharing, you know, it's coded words, so you're not saying, like, I gotta go take a shit, but at least you are saying, uh, you know, if you need me, and you cannot find me, I'm going to the bathroom. So if you know, because everyone's doing their own job, everyone's got their own little department that they're working in, and they may need you, or they may need to say, "Hey, where's Jordan? Hey, where, where's where's the PA? Where's the where's the camera guy? Where's we're about to shoot? Where's the cinematographer? Oh, okay, they went to the bathroom, or they went to go get this. Like, hey, I'm going to take a break. Hey, I'm going to go smoke. Hey, like, well, it's all over communication because 
you have because I need to know your intentions. I need to know what you're about to do. If you're about to move this line, if you're about to move the camera, if you're about to uh, replace the camera, take the batteries off, uh, turn off the light, strike the light. I need to, you have to communicate everything. So that's just kind of on a film set in, in the kind of physical sense and the safety sense of over communication. But how I would adapt over communication, this life lesson is you need to over communicate this with your clients, with your family, your friends, like tell people more than what you think you should be telling them. The tendency to kind of keep things to yourself or if you feel like the conversation is going south or you have a, a confusion in the conversation with your client, like say you're planning a project or they're talking about budget or scope or vision and you can tell that something is about to go wrong or you foresee a train wreck ahead based on kind of how they're piecing together the project and you don't communicate that or you don't communicate like, hey, I think this might be uh, we might have a problem here or, hey, you know what, that actually isn't going to work. Like if you didn't say that in the beginning, they would might they might have well has just been going along, going along, thinking everything's great. And then you, you communicate it too late and then there's friction or there's a budget change or there's a project scope change or a scope creep. So over communicate everything. Tell people how you feel. Tell people what you're thinking. Uh, don't bottle it up inside. You know, for me, I'm a very, I can be a closed person. Sometimes I can be a very like reserved kind of in my head kind of person where, you know, I kind of, I don't have to communicate everything or tell you how I feel, but it, it really works great to over communicate sometimes. Like I tell, like even, you know, I'll even give you like a marriage lesson. Like if you feel something or if you feel like, don't bottle it up. Like, you know, my wife, she's like, I can't read you. I can't understand. Like, are you mad? Are you sad? Like you just, some, I just sometimes have to say like, I'm mad or like that, like, that made me upset or I didn't like how this was. Like you have to communicate that stuff because if you bottle it up and, and store it away, I just like, I feel like that just can like cause cancer or something where it's just like, you have to communicate it and like, and say it and uh, be open about it and feel like you're almost telling them too much. I'm not saying like be gross or like, but uh, you know, people, that's where people's minds go when you say like over communicate, but in a safety sense, in a business sense, on a film set, in a creative sense, in a relation sense, over communicate and and don't be afraid to share what's going on inside your head to others because no one can read your mind. They have to, you know, you have to tell them. Life lesson number two. All right, I like this one. It starts with you. And this was one of the lessons that I still am trying to get familiar with. And uh, this is what I'm also trying to train you on too. Like as I'm learning this or as I'm mastering this, I'm trying to learn this and instill this in you. When it comes to who you are, how you run your life, you have to believe that you are capable of doing it. And I've been, you know, it's, and I got to say one thing. Is it weird? I, I always feel weird. This is an aside now. I always feel weird admitting that I listen to some kind of podcast or I listen to some, I read some book or I follow this person like without the fear of looking douchey or without the fear of like looking like just like a normal, like not normal, um, like a normie, just kind of like, like just bro type or something like I was listening. This feels weird to say I was listening to the book, uh, think and grow rich, which seems very like, you know, like business dude, like book or like, yeah, that's saying like my, that's like me saying like my favorite person is Gary V. It's like, okay. All right, dude. But I was reading the book. I've heard a lot about it. I said, let me give it a shot. Let me listen to it. See what it's like. Cause I heard that people listen to it multiple times or they'll listen to it a little bit every single day. And I was like, that's interesting. What's, what's in this lesson. Um, and, one of the chapters they talk about in Think and Grow Rich is they talk about the power of it's an old book. It's like from the 40s. So they have all these kind of weird words and weird phrases and phrases that we don't use anymore, like 
auto suggestion. And it was basically like semi self hypnosis that you have to believe and you have to trick and manipulate your own subconscious into believing in something. But it was just this power that you have. It starts with you. It starts with your belief and your ability to accomplish something. And I, it was like, I have confidence and I've always had confidence and I'm, and you know, I have this, of course, but I have, you know, this typical, you know, creative feeling self-conscious about my work. But there's also like, I had, you know, I was, I thought to myself, like, I have a normal level of confidence, self-confidence where I believe that I can do things, but I never have in my life, like articulated that, or I've never like had to feel like I need to trick my mind into doing like I will do this or this is something that I can do and I'm going to visualize it and like really focus my mind on trying to achieve this goal and and, and, like that felt weird to me so this but this is what I've like it starts with belief whatever you want anything you want to accomplish any project that you want to do any kind of business project that you want to do start a new product sell a new service uh, obtain a new audience, become a, a, a new live streamer like this, you have to believe like this is all possible or the goal that you set in mind and that you want to do, you can achieve it. Because if you don't believe that, then you're, then like they say in the book, you just start to tell yourself in the conscious out loud what I'm going to do. And the subconscious mind is just like feeding all of that, feeding off that kind of energy or feeding off what you're saying or what you're feeding it. So if you are constantly filling your head with thoughts of, I can't do this, or I'm not really sure I can do this, or I didn't believe that I can do this, then it becomes, not to say it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, but the inner workings of your mind, your self-subconscious, it, it, there's no, it doesn't back you up on, the, on what you're going to do or what, how you're going to follow those goals. We have to start questioning the things that we hold in as limiting beliefs. We have to quote the things that we think like, where is the ceiling of our beliefs that we think like this is possible? And then we have to start working on breaking that ceiling working on going beyond that uh that limit so that is one side of this kind of it starts with you you have to believe that you are one of the best you have to believe in your capabilities that you can do this you can achieve this now let me talk about the other side of that because this is like maybe this is like a part two of lesson lesson two the flip side is that is this and it's the kind of like never outshine the master and what if i'm too good or what if i feel like i'm better than all these uh other filmmakers like this i'm coming in as a pa or what if i'm like the best pa i could ever be or like the best assistant i could ever be and the idea was like okay yeah you believe in your abilities you believe you're good at it but in the sense of if you're working with others or if you have someone working above you as a manager or supervisor um to and this comes from the 48 laws of power never outshine the master that you don't like even if you believe it even if your confidence is soaring high you never want to make the person above you look bad or you never want to make um your manager look bad or make them look inept or um incompetent compared to you or create some kind of odd distance or dissonance between the two of you that you know yes you are you have the belief that you can achieve it all and that you one day are going to be running the store but uh you know don't want to at the same time like step on the toes or step step on the egos or the emotions of the people above you um because they can have control over you so if the, but if you're running your own shit and you if you don't if you're a freelancer then you don't then disregard this advice but if you have a full-time job and you have a boss um to kind of keep that in mind that like if it starts with you if it starts with your belief and your abilities 
Yes. But then like the flip side of like, you can go beyond like this, you can tip the scale to where you're getting like into narcissism. And when you're getting into, um, I'm not just believing in myself, but now I'm full of myself and I'm just overconfident in everything and like Dunning-Kruger effect where you are so far confident that it's becoming a little bit irritating or like kind of a turnoff to the people you're working with. Number three, it ends with you. So we had number two, it starts with you. The last lesson number, lesson number three is it ends with you. It's never a client problem. It's a you problem. And this is a, I think this is a great life lesson to take away that it's like, this kind of has to do with a little bit of like responsibility and taking ownership of things. I think of it more in like a, like go a little bit deeper, a little bit more of a basic core concept of the kind of, what is it? The lotus of control, like how much control you, do you does the world control you in your life or do you, how much control do you have over your inner world? When I say it's a client, it's never a client problem, it's a you problem. If you feel like the client is mistreating you or you feel like, you know, I, I even have this slide here where you, um, you know, they're not paying you enough. You're not being feeling valued. It's OK. Maybe the client's a dick. Maybe they are just uh, they don't treat their they don't treat the help or treat workers uh, properly. Maybe that's maybe they're insecure and they're kind of projecting that insecurity on you and being a pain in the ass. Um, okay, okay, but you can't control that. So, but what can you control in this situation with your client and with who you you know who you work with on a daily basis? Um, it's it's what you can control. So when I say it's not a it's never a client problem, I want to put all or as much responsibility on you to control the interactions that you have with your client, the the situations that you find yourself in with your clients. If you feel that the people you work with don't value you, what have you done to not demonstrate that value or to, or what have you done or failed to articulate in, in terms of your value, how much you charge, what you're worth, what you how you price yourself. If you feel like they're not paying you enough, what did you do wrong or what can you think back as to like I failed to do this can't control the client and like yell at them and and control them and say like you have to pay me more and you need to value more like that's like that is you know you can't force people to feel a feeling or like do something you have to so what can I control in my world how can I better articulate who I am how can I better articulate my value how do I find better clients who actually value maybe I'm maybe it's a maybe it's where I'm looking I'm looking in the wrong place maybe I'm uh, inviting the wrong clients or that the marketing that I'm putting out is, uh, attracting the wrong types of clients and therefore putting me in these awkward or odd situations or, uh, I haven't priced myself properly or don't show enough confidence or don't have enough belief in myself. So that, you know, that's where I kind of like, these are the things that you can control and that you have control over. Um, and that's where I would want to focus on. I wouldn't want to focus on like, well, the client sucks or they don't know. Or they just, you know, they're being dumb or they don't have a budget. They suck. It's like, okay, but you're working with them or like you, like you have to live, you know, sleep in the bed that you've made and take some responsibility, try to, I'm not saying like control everything in your life, but you have to, you cannot look at the world and the world that you live in and say like, I don't have control over this and who, you know, who am I to, I had, I feel like I'm being beaten up around all the time by my clients or I don't get enough respect around here. It's like, okay, well, it starts with you. What can you do to start building that respect or start articulating that value to the people that you want to show value to, to your clients, to your employer, whatever. Let's do the bonus lesson. This is bonus lesson, life lesson number four. And I reached out to a good friend of mine, 
Chris G. Hebrew, you know, I said, hey man, I'm doing this live stream tonight. And, and maybe this is another life lesson. Always feel like, don't feel like you always have to have the answers. If you want to reach out to someone and find the answers, like, like that's the, that's the magical ability of having a, a nice network, having friends. Like, so, uh, Chris's, uh, lesson was, uh, if I distill it down, it was follow through. So, and here's Chris. Go check out Chris. He's on, uh, he told me to, to plug his LinkedIn. So you can go to, uh, just basically, Go to LinkedIn, go to the search bar, and type in Chris G Presents and find this handsome little man. Um, it's His quote that he gave me was, Your daily actions should make the outcome of success seem obvious. And I, when he told me that, I understood it. But at the same time, I was like, God, dude, you got to give me a little bit more than this because I, I, I need to teach this online. I need to teach this to, to people uh, you know, on the live stream. Tell, give me a little bit more. When you say your daily action should make the obvious, make the outcome of success seem obvious. And what he meant by that, and he kind of expanded more and he gave me a great, a great answer. Um, it starts with the, it starts with belief. You know, like we said in, in lesson two, it starts with belief, starts with like you have the ability to do something, but there has to be follow through. There has to be some type of action that goes with the things that you are projecting in your mind and auto suggesting that you can do and what you can do. There has to be a follow through. There has to be some kind of lesson. Like his core complaint was like too many people are posting these kind of inspo, inspirational quotes and like getting really hyped up and like really, you know, we talked about this a couple uh, last week the, in the uh, create six pillars of uh, running a successful business. Um, that motivation is part of running your business, but it's very temporary. And to like just get jacked up on motivation and kind of get addicted to motivation there's nothing behind it like there's no there's no next step so his when he you know and he gave me the kind of like you have to visualize and then you have to act and he gave me the example of uh he was telling me about russell wilson the you know the quarterback i think he's on the seahawks yeah seattle seahawks and he talked about you know working with a sports psychologist and visualizing him playing a great game on the field and then actually follow through and having a great game on the field and that was, I thought that was great. You have to follow through. You have, you can watch the videos. You can learn the tutorials. You can follow the lessons, take notes, highlight in your book and put the little sticky notes everywhere like I do. But you have to actually then apply the stuff. It doesn't matter. I've read tons of books and I have, and some of the stuff I is in there is just still in the book. It hasn't, it manifests itself into the world through my actions. So you have to follow through, visualize what you want to do. Um, and, and I think this is what he meant by, so this kind of makes more sense when he says like your daily actions should make the outcome of success seem obvious. Like when you see someone who has a six pack or they're like, they're really jacked and ripped, you're like, and they tell you that they work out every day. It's like, well, yeah, that's obvious. So when you see uh, someone running a successful business, it's, you know, you don't attribute it to luck. You attribute it to hard work, follow your motivation, put out motivational things, but then follow through and actually act upon those. Uh, motivational things that you're trying to push for and the beliefs that you have instilled in yourself and that you're trying to instill in others. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 p.m. has seemed to be a pretty consistent and uh, attainable goal that um, we're now three weeks in, almost four weeks in. I usually like to post the theme of the video or like the, the link to the stream the day before or usually the morning of or something like that. But if it comes up in your subscription feed, um, hit the bell, set a reminder, 
Uh, and if you're watching this right now and the first time you, you know, maybe this is the first video you've ever watched me, the first live stream you're watching, uh, do all the fun stuff that YouTube has to offer. Subscribe, like, and uh, leave a comment after you're watching this. And uh, yeah, my name is Jordan Anderson. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next one. This is just a taste of everything that I'm offering over here in the Perfect Wedding Package. This is the kind of stuff where you're able to really take a step back. Like I, I want to really emphasize that you need some outside perspective on what you're offering your clients. To look at your product, repackage it, put it in a unique combination of ways that says like... I am unique. This is how I'm going to raise my prices. This is worth it. Like when you finally make the perfect wedding package, you no longer feel the need to justify or you no longer have that fear that a client is going to look at your prices, feel that sticker shock and say, no, you're too expensive. We're not going to go with you. Sticker shock comes from your failure to communicate what it is that you offer. And when you're able to put together a, a kick-ass offering and say, like, these are all the things I'm going to provide. I'm not just going to provide a simple, I'm going to show up and shoot your wedding and give you some digital prints and call it a day and I'll maybe do an engagement session. You're able to think about everything that you can do as a photographer to make their experience as unique and powerful and as memorable as possible. And you say, here is the package. Boom, boom. I keep doing this with my hands. You learn all of this in the perfect wedding package. And then you're able to attach a huge price tag next to that. And so that you're not having this horrible race to the finish off season where you feel like you're running out of gas. If you're barely making it to the finish line, you go, how can I keep doing this every year? I can't keep shooting 50 weddings a year. There's got to be another way. And this is what I want to offer you guys. I want to give you guys an option. This is your chance to get out of that cycle of saying, I can't keep doing this or my clients are killing me. The answer, Jordan, I have to shoot less projects, but if I shoot less projects, then I'm going to make less money. You can do something like this, take the perfect wedding package, understand how you can raise your price, make a, a better and more valuable offering to your clients so that when you can raise your prices, you can do less and you can start to think and step back a little bit more. And instead of at the very end in the off season, you're having to do your reviews and take a breather that you can do, take a breather in the middle of the wedding season, that you can take a breather after each project because you're not having to hustle all the time. Your price, if you raise your prices, if you raise your prices, you're able to take a second to breathe and you're able to have better clients and provide a better client experience as a wedding photographer. I want you guys to go to theperfectweddingpackage.com. Check it out. It's the perfect wedding. I'll, I'll give you the whole breakdown. It's the perfect wedding package. It comes with a template where I show you exactly how you need to frame your prices, frame your offering, and you get the you get the whole PDF InDesign template as well as a video lesson just like this where we walk through each step. I'm not going to leave you hanging and just give you a template and say, figure it out. We're going to go through step by step and say, this is how you do it. This is the things to watch out for. These are the traps you might fall into. Here is how I would present my prices to my wedding client. And on top of that, you're also going to get a wedding photographer website audit. I want to go to your website. I want to take a look at everything that you're offering. You know, I'll give you comments about the fonts, about where I would place the picture, what kind of navigation I would have, and like, and give you an overall perspective while using your website. All right. So now we get that's a $2,000 offer. You got the template that's an, an hundred dollars is two hundred fifty dollars. I'm losing my math here. And then we're also I'm also going to offer you if you sign up for the perfect wedding package, 
I'll also do a one-on-one -on -one pricing workshop with you. So you watch the videos of me, you read the template, and now you and I get to set up a personal phone call, video call, phone call, whatever you feel comfortable with, where we go through and I say, let me see your prices, let me see the template you built, and we and I'll give you some feedback and I'll say, and we can even do a role play, we can even do some practice rounds as, as a client and say like, what would, you know, Here's what I would do differently. Here's how I would improve this. So you get real time and I want you guys to, I want you guys to get this wedding package and have it up and running so that when you're, when the new season is up and you're ready to go, you got clients in the door and you're handing over this wedding package to them. And they're saying, this makes sense. Here's the result I want you guys to get. I want you guys to double your prices, triple your prices overnight to, and I want you guys to be blown away and, and feel nervous like, there's no way I can be charging this, Jordan. Like, this is insane. I've never charged this amount of money before. And you're telling me this is what I should put in front of my clients. And I'm saying, hell yes, put that right in front of your client. You need to have the confidence to do it. And, and they're going to buy it. They're going to, they are going to choose this option. Trust me. And when they, and like I said at the beginning of this whole episode, it takes a certain amount of belief that you have to believe that this is all possible. And maybe that's my, maybe that's job number one for me is I need to make you believe that this is all possible. You get the pricing workshop. That's another $2,000 value. Months from now, I want you guys to still have access to me. So I want to offer as well the, the third bonus as a part of the whole wedding package, the perfectweddingpackage.com is you get access to me on Discord. Anytime a thought comes up, you want to work, you know, you got, you redid your pricing template sheet again, and I want you to send it over to me, send me an, a message on Discord and say, Hey, Jordan, I need some help with this. Here's what I'm working with. And when I want you to go through it in real time, and you also will have a community there. We'll all be together as photographers, as creatives, working together supporting each other. That, that's what I wanted to, it to be as well. A safe place where you can say, hey, I need help with my pricing. I don't feel comfortable with this. I'm a little bit nervous. I got a client coming up. Uh, what should I do, Jordan? So all of that, that entire thing, the three bonuses I just mentioned, the templates, the video lessons, all of that is a $5,000 offer. And I'm going to offer it to you guys for $97. It's $97 on theperfectweddingpackage.com. Head over there. Let me know if you have any questions. Thank you guys for watching. My name is Jordan P. Anderson, and I'll see you on the next one.